Welcome to this edition of the Stories to Tell podcast. This week's special guest is Andres Trujillo. Andres is an inspiring person who cares deeply about community and his family. In this episode, we learn more about how Andres starts a professional sports franchise, who he finds inspirational in his life, and at the end, we hear about a really funny, most embarrassing moment. We kick things off with Andres telling stories about what it's like being a new father. I have two babies. One that's two. Ezekiel's is two years old, and Lucas is eight months old. Oh, brand new, man. Brand new. So what's that been like, being a new daddy? Fatherhood. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so so it's funny because I'm 37 years old, and um, so obviously... My wife and I waited to have kids for a reason. You know, we kind of wanted to live our lives, you know, do our thing, right? I mean, I think that's important, right? Being Definitely. able to plan for your life and 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 not rushing anything. And, you know, of course, we've been married for, I believe, 15 years now. Right going, on. On, going on 15 years in May. Congrats. And so thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so being able to do that and plan. So, uh, but fatherhood's great, man. I have two boys. So I grew up with four sisters. So... Lots of estrogen in the house. When I was growing up, now I'm like, I got testosterone in the house. I'm excited. Like, this is cool. I can do manly things. The men, the, the things the men do. Us men are doing things. So that's really cool. So, um, yeah, it, it's been great. I, I got to tell you, Ezekiel, uh, he's my firstborn. And that kid is such an independent kid. It's fun to watch his how he operates. He is very independent in respect. You show him once. He's going to do it on his own. Mm. He's not one of those like, oh, here, let me show you again. Nope. Ah, da no. And he wants to do it. Yeah. So it is very cool to watch his the dynamic of his growth and development. And then Lucas is kind of, kind of a little bit of opposite, still independent, but more clingy, you know, wants to be cuddled, wants to be held by, you know, whether it's myself or mama or anything like that. But, but man, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and it's fantastic. Yeah. Have you had any, uh, they always say becoming a parent will change your life. Have you had these <laughs> or just becoming a parent too? You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that was part of this deal. Oh yeah. One thing that I've learned is that time speeds up with kids, especially with babies. And what I mean by that is it takes me forever to get out of the house. I'm not kidding. Doesn't matter what it is. It's hard to, you know, and I work from home and I do all my stuff from home. So, and it's so difficult to get out of the house. So you make a plan thinking, oh, it'll take me 15 minutes, get the bag ready, make sure the kids are changed, dressed, ready to go, all that cool stuff. Nope, that turns into about an hour later. (laughs) <laughs> never fails. And, and and I can plan for all day long. Okay, well, let me give myself 45 minutes to kind of plan for this. No, nope, then it turns into an hour and a half later. Whether it's Ezekiel running off, not wanting to get get his shoes on. Get over here, Ezekiel. We got to go, bro. We got to go. The kid just is, uh, you know, they, they definitely take a little bit of time in your life. And <laughs> you have to learn that balance. And, it, and And in reality, there is really no consistency when it comes to that. All it is is like whenever you can get the kids ready to go. And, and to be truthful, before I, I came here to this podcast with you, I was trying struggling to get the kids out the door so I could drop them <laughs> off at my mom's so I could come here to this podcast. And so I'm like, uh, Mark, it's going to take me a little <laughs> bit longer to get there. I apologize. Uh, but... Uh, but definitely, that's probably my biggest learning experience is is trying to figure out time management. Yeah. And one of the things I've been just impressed by, it makes me smile, just to see you like you posted up this week 
on going to the WWE right at the yep. center. And you had Ezekiel with you and is in your lap. And you both almost, you just almost had the most identical smile. Like, whoa, we're in this thing. <laughs> were you going home doing the people's elbow or something? Oh, yeah. We were wrestling around. And <laughs> and I figured it'd be a cool time to take him. And I, we kind of do the fun stuff on the, you know, on the bed. I pick him up, do body slams with him, <laughs> stuff like that. And of course, I ended up, uh, I was like, hey, let's take him to this. I think he'd like it. And sure enough, he loved it. He thought it was the coolest thing. He was cheering. He was clapping when people were making noise. He he loved it. So it was cool. It was a great experience to do something with just me and him. And, yeah. and of course, uh, when Lucas gets older, he's, he'll be able to join us. And, and uh, you know, being, being, it is just so unique um, to have that bond. And I don't think people realize it until you know, years later and mm. that you had such an incredible, an incredible experience and memory with your kids. And, and, and I've been working really hard to make sure I cherish every moment. Doesn't matter if it's a, a bad moment. Doesn't matter if they make a mess. I mean, to the point of, uh, you know, here, here's the funny story uh, with Ezekiel. Kind of gross, but uh, <laughs> but I think everything you know, gross things happen it's with babies. Fatherhood. It's, it's fatherhood. Yeah. So so I'm laying there. It's actually kind of a two parter. But uh, but I'm laying there on the couch, and and Ezekiel comes up to me, and he goes, "Uh oh!" And I'm like, "What happened?" And he goes, "Owie!" And I'm like, "Okay, what's going on?" And he's holding something, and I thought maybe he stepped on a goat head because sometimes sure. the dogs will bring the goat heads in, and you step on them. You don't usually bring it. And so I'm like, oh, what's wrong? He's holding this in his hand. And I thought he stepped on his foot. Okay, well. And I said, well, let me let me put it in my hand. And so he goes to put it in my hand, and I look at it, and it looks like a rock. And I'm like, what? And then, so I pull it closer, and, I, and then I get a whiff of it. It was a poop nugget. <laughs> it was disgusting. I was like, oh, my God, that's so gross. He had a poop nugget in his hand. And what I think <laughs> it was was the dogs tracked it in. And uh, and then he stepped on it, and then pulled, picked it up, and, and then gave it to me. Oh, that oh was my so. Gosh, man. I, I, I kid you not, I was gagging. <laughs> I was like, that's gross, Ezekiel. That's so gross. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. No, <laughs> I swear, if parents had like a uh, a get together on Saturdays, you know, like for coffee or whatever, and there was an agenda item, like let's new parents, let's get together and go over some items. Their poop would probably yeah. be in one of the categories, It'd be a top category. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and then <laughs> and then just recently, I think it was two weeks ago. Two, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I'm in the shower, and then I'm about ready to get out. And then all of a sudden, Ezekiel comes in, and he goes, uh-oh. And I said, whoa, okay, what's going on? You know, uh-oh, right? And we all know that sums up. So he comes up. I open the shower curtain, and he's like this with his hands. And his oh, hands no. are all like are all brown and orange. And I'm like, do you get into some paint or something like that? And, and, then, and, then, and then literally you could tell the way his stance was. He dug into the back of his diaper and was oh. it was poop on his hands. It was disgusting. I was like, Ezekiel, that's gross. Oh, my God. Talk about gagging again. But luckily, the benefit of that, I was in the shower still, so there I just you go. took just him, grab him. Yeah, just I, I took go. his diaper off, you know, and, and you know changed him as you know changed out of his shirt, you know, and just got him, you know, naked and just threw him in the shower with me, washed him out. <laughs> I was like, uh, I mean. Talk about that's gross. parenting, man. That's, that's parenting right there. Parenthood, indeed. That's reaction. That's yes. shower time. Oh, my God. So I guess the benefit is he was right there. I was still in the shower, so we were able to make it work. And, yeah, that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> that was so gross, oh, man. God. Yeah. Parenthood. Yeah. 
In this story, we find out more about how Andre's career path and his absolute passion for sports and media led him to an amazing, exciting opportunity to start and own a professional sports team. For those of you who don't know, Andres, and let me get the titles quite right, certainly the founder, primary owner of the New Mexico Runners, right? Yeah, the, owner. the professional yeah. indoor soccer team that happens to play in the arena in Rio Rancho. Yes, sir. And for those of you who haven't gone, this experience is so fun. It is so family-friendly, and the time and attention that's put into putting on a show is so evident that you're just going to have a blast there. And you can see, Andres, we've known each other for years, years, right? And one of the things I've always been so impressed by, your heart is giant. You have, you. so, you're so kind to people. You're so inspiring to people. It's always a kind word. It's always, how can you help? I was just curious about this new, and I know it's been five years, but it still feels kind of relatively new. Mm -hmm. What, this is, uh, it's something different to kind of own a professional sports team. What was, what was, what was, where did all that passion come from? What was behind that? What keeps you going with, with that team? Yeah. So, so being a sports entrepreneur, um, I kind of just took a dive into it. Uh, it was, it wasn't, a plan of mine ever growing up or anything like that. I really didn't. I've always been a sports guy. Like I've always loved sports. And of course, as a young boy, you kind of always dream. It doesn't matter what sport it is, but you always dream that you want to be a professional athlete. Of course, I wasn't blessed with professional athlete skills or size, stature, physique. That just, that just wasn't in the cards. But, um, but you know, I, I of course I worked in, in with ESPN Radio. That's right, one hundred one seven. The team, and you know, of course, you guys were guests on, on yeah, my show, yeah. and and um, you know, multiple times and things like that back in the day. Um, but being working in sports was great, and, and of course, growing up originally, I wanted to be a firefighter, um, and then as I got older, uh, I wanted to be an arson investigator because no of the fact that I'm like, okay, well, and of course, you know, that's more. You know, sciency and things like that. And yeah. I love science yeah. and, and and psychology and things like that. So um, when I was a kid, I used to watch Rescue Nine One One. I don't know if you ever remember <laughs> yeah, that show. Yeah, I think yeah. it was every Tuesday night. Uh, Rescue Nine One One came on. <laughs> Loved it. Um, my mom and I and us, us as a family we would watch that. But so so really, the the firefighting was was kind of on my that was radar. That's what I wanted there. to do. And and as I got older. I kind of started falling into media, and and uh, of course, like in twenty two thousand six, I uh, I got my first taste of media with Radio Disney. I auditioned to be uh, to work for Radio Disney, and I and I was auditioning to be a dance part of the dance group. And of course, I did some hip hop dancing and stuff like that. Oh, so that's I, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I got uh, hired on, and and then ended up just you know kind of falling in love with media. So my my direction of you know, with with the firefighting or arson investigation kind of shifted. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to do something that was in media. I loved it. I loved being able to broadcast. I'm like, I love this idea that you can do something and say things and 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 be an influence to lots of people by doing this one thing. So I loved what being in broadcasting, but I love sports as well. So it kind of married the two together. And this was cool. Like I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Now what else can I do? What else can I do on the next level to elevate? 
and uh, elevate myself into being a bigger, making a bigger impact. And then, of course, sports. Uh, how, do, how can I involve myself in sports teams locally? And of course, during this time, I was working and helping out with high school sports broadcasts and things like that. And then, and then um, had an opportunity to invest in a local soccer team called the Albuquerque Soul. And I invested in those. And they played over at St. Pius High School and, you know, lower level development soccer team. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Investing in that. Oh, like, so that's kind of got the fires burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, opportunity, right? So I'm yeah. like, okay, let me get a feel. Well, I invested some money and I'm like, okay, well, I want to do more. Like, how can I be on the physically engaging side of it? Like, I want to be hands-on. So then, of course, uh, you remember the... Um, the uh, New Mexico Stars, the arena, indoor professional arena football yeah. team that played at the Santa Ana Star Center at the time, and um, invested in that as well. So started a little get more hands on and and whatnot. So obviously getting involved with these things, I'm like this is cool. Like I can I can get to the next level. I can really make an impact. Hands on experience, learning things, and then of course uh, started the uh, Duke City Gladiators professional arena uh, football team. We started that in 2015. And me and three other and two others, and so we did that. I was, and that was where I was really hands on. I was director right. of media relations. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. You know, being a co-founder, co-owner, and uh, from there, just you know, I loved it. Being involved like that on a high level, like involved, was awesome. I mean, talk about rolling up your sleeves. That's really what that was. And then over time, uh, I think it was the, at the end of the 2017 season. You know, it just kind of grew to the point where we had too many owners. It just wasn't working out. I, I mean, I wasn't seeing a, a, a dividend. There, there was nothing being paid. It just, I was just spending more money and, and and just spending more time and energy, not getting anything back. Yeah. And so I was kind of like cashed out at that time, where I was just like, I don't want to do sports anymore. Like, I need to take a break. Oh. And and yeah, that was in at the end of like in May of 2017, June of 2017. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm too tired. Like, this isn't right. And then in 2017, I got an idea like in September, October, November of, well, what if I did something that was mine? That was me, myself, <laughs> and my family. Yeah. So then that's when I thought, okay, arena soccer. It's never been done on a high level here. Who else has done it in history? Well, they've been a little bit of indoor soccer that's have been around, but they played in rec facilities like Blades. Do you remember? I don't yeah, know, Blades yeah. and Rear yeah, 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 yeah. Rancho. Yeah, definitely yeah, and then that was really it. So then that's when in December 2017, I decided, okay, I'm going to apply for the market with the Majorina Soccer League. Wow. They need a market in, in, in the Albuquerque Rancho area because it bridges the gap from El Paso, Phoenix, Denver, all the above. Let's see what this looks like. I ended up investing in that and putting in my uh, up, applying for that investing, and I eventually bought the market. I got awarded the market. They, of course, and the major in soccer league, they do an extensive background research. They need to look and see what your experience is. Uh, you know, how many you know have you have you run teams before? Are have you owned teams? What have you done? I oh, mean, they so go you, through. So you had some good background to give them, man. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I was able to do that, and then of course being awarded the franchise in uh, April of of uh, twenty eighteen. We were set out to start in December 2018. And, of course, we had our press conference to announce our team in June of 2018. And then, uh, what does they say? That's all history from here. We're you know, five years later. Yeah, we're in season five. You. And the New Mexico Runners is, is still rocking and rolling. I remember one of the first things that you told me. I remember it to this day that when you were first getting started on this, mm -hmm. you were, weren't really talking about it as like – 
your individual thing or like uh, what you were hoping to accomplish for it. What you put first, and I thought this was amazing, was that you were about Rio Rancho. You were yes. about our community. You were wanting to bring something of value, something of fun to the community. And I thought, man, that is a great perspective to yes. have. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I definitely give props to Rio Rancho. I, I think Rio Rancho is a great place. I think I think there's so much potential for, for Rio Rancho. Um, people here are very community oriented. And, and so when they buy into something, they, they, they get together as a community and they really, and, and Rio Rancho has so much growth opportunity, whether it's physical growth of, you know, homes, business, economics, whatever it may be. Uh, sports is an opportunity here. And, and I know a lot of teams have come and gone. You know, the Scorpions have come and gone. The Thunderbirds have come and gone. The Mustangs have come and gone. I mean, there's so many right. different sports teams that have come and gone. Well, you know, with the runners, I'm like, okay, if we are officially business licensed in Rio Rancho, we we are giving back directly to Rio Rancho. Um, because now what this does, this actually inspires. Sports teams inspires people in the community. And that was my philosophy from, you know, from the beginning. Yeah. If I do this here in Rio Rancho... Let's get Rear Ranch to buy into this. This is going to be big because what's going to happen is, is that all these people are going to see an inspiration to invest other things, other businesses. But now we have a sports team to get behind. This raises the quality of life. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, what side of the political aisle you're on. The com common denominator is we have a local sports team that's ours. Yeah. And, and, you know, since 2018, we've always had that. And we continue that to this yeah. day. In this story, Andres talks about where he finds inspiration in his life and how it propels him forward each and every day. Is, is there someone in your life that you look to is, that's kind of a big influence to you in your life? And who is that and why? Yeah, so that's a great question because I don't think it's a specific person. Uh, I think it's more of a... You know, a group of people, uh, several people. Um, definitely my mom has been a big influence in my life, right? She's always been about working hard, uh, nonstop, making sure that you don't quit and making sure that you give back to the community in every way. And, and she's raised us from, I, we grew up very, very poor. And it was, you know, my stepdad came in, who is my dad, Conrad. I mean, he really is my dad. I mean, um, at the end of the day. And so with the both of them kind of working hard to make sure that we were taken care of, that's inspirational to me because I, then I take that and carry that on to my kids and, and being able to take care of my kids and making sure they are set for life and and they are they they have ingrained into their DNA into their who they are to work hard to give back to to make things positive for our community do whatever they can give their hearts to the community because when you do that you let your light shine and by by doing that i mean and i think you've heard this quote by you letting your light shine you're you're you know unconsciously giving other people permission to let their light shine yeah now when, when I do what I do, love that, man. the goal is to inspire others. And if I can inspire others to jump, take that, take that dive, take that leap, then, then this community actually has innovators. This breeds innovators because now they say, okay, I can do that too. And, and really let's, let's take a, a bigger perspective is nobody thought we could go to the moon until we did. Right. So the same concept applies here. 
nobody thinks that a local person came up from poverty, came up from being poor to to owning and running a, a professional sports team uh, in, a, in, a, in a national league. Well, shoot, I can do that too. Now I can do this. This is cool. I have inspiration. That means I can accomplish this because this guy did. I want to be able to inspire others. So, There's probably a kid in the stands, you know, and that's probably been to every single one of these games, and he's just his eyes are just wide open and looking yeah. and dreaming, yeah, because of something you started, and that's the whole point. Yeah. We want to, we want to, we want to really open up this idea and and really create dreamers. I, I think we for as as a, as kids we used to dream. What do we want to be when we grow up, right? And and I think over time. Just because of social media and the, and just the craziness of life has just clouded our our vision, we kind of have forgotten how to dream. And so for us, it, if man. we can do that, and if I can say, hey, this is what we're doing, and people yeah. can see it, and it's tangible, right? You go to a game, it's there, then that's important. Of course, my kids, my boys inspire me. I want to build a legacy. That is one of the things I think, uh, you know, as Hispanics, we don't do a good job of that. And and I want to be able to build this legacy that my boys grow into and go, hey, my dad did this. My family did this. This is what we're carrying on, you know. And that's an important element, and especially in New Mexico. We don't have a very – legacies are far and few between. And 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 I, I just – I see that and I recognize that. And I want to be able to say, okay – Here's what we're going to do. The, I, I'm building the, the, the roadmap. This is how we do it. And my boys, I want them as they grow and they grow into this to carry on that concept. That's awesome, man. And, and you know, you, you had me fired up. I was like, ready to go. Where are we going? I'm just telling you where we're going. Yeah. But I, you, and uh, I think I mentioned it right away at the start of this. Uh, when Susan and I first met you, and we've known you for all these years, and you live it. You live it with your heart. You live it with your smile. Mm-hmm. Every interaction we've ever had with you, it's nothing about how can I help, what can I do. And we really appreciate that about you, man. Thank you. you. You live it out each and every day. So thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Embarrassing moments. We have all had them. And in our final story, Andres relates a most embarrassing moment that recently happened to him. This, this was a pretty recent. Um, of course, I went to a city council meeting last week, last Tuesday. And, of course, I went to the city council for public comment to you know, promote the New Mexico runners, to talk with the city councilors, to get them to, you know, really get some, give, give the runners more support from the city of Rio Rancho's perspective. And so, of course, I didn't know this until I got home. But uh, when I got home, and of course, when you go to city council, you do public comment, you got a podium. So people are standing or sitting behind you. A lot of people are behind you and stuff like that. So, um, and they can see your whole backside. I got home and, and I, you know, I was folding my pants and I go, what the heck? I look, there was a big old hole the size of a softball in on the seam of my back of my pants. So I obviously went up there and uh, did my public comment and had a big old hole in my pants in front of the public. That was, that was talk about, talk about embarrassing after the fact. Oh my gosh. I mean, gl- I'm glad I didn't know before. Right. But, but right, during, right I, I'm okay with that. Right. But, but, but coming home and seeing that, I was just embarrassed. I'm like, oh my God, everybody saw my, my underwear and this. Now, granted, they were dark blue pants and I was wearing black underwear just for the record yeah. uh, but so so you probably couldn't see much but it was still there was a hole there yeah Do you ever, oh my gosh man that was i'm sorry you went through that but that, that's a that's a good example of one of which like 
do you go say something or do you not say I something? I mean, me personally, you know, I would tell somebody yeah. because that's who I am. I'm like, hey, bro, do you need a jacket? But yeah, you, yeah, you have a yeah, hold your right, pants. Right. Here's a jacket, put it around it. Or do you have a jacket? We can right, tie that around right, your waist. Right, right. Um, but, but it's commonplace for me, though. Like, I, I rip pants a lot. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, I was at a funeral back in, like, I think 2012 or 2010, 2011. And, of course, I had black pants on. And uh, I, I squatted down to pick up my niece. And sure enough, my pants ripped. <laughs> I was in the middle of county line. We were at a restaurant. Oh, and uh, in a bunch of, with a bunch of people there. So, of course, I left quickly that time. So, yeah, that, I, I mean, I, I ripped pants quite a you bit. I don't spare. know why, some man. spares in the car, Oh, no, man. no kidding. No yeah, kidding. Yeah. yeah, so now I have shorts in the car just in case something like that happens. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so those are those have been pretty uh, pretty embarrassing moments. Uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this edition of Stories to Tell. Be sure to follow as new episodes come out every couple of weeks. And if you have a unique story to tell, please reach out. It would be a pleasure to connect with you. All the best.